Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here in Ohio, and this isn't strictly Ohio-related, but they're a fixture in Cleveland and Columbus and Cincinnati, the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, Brandon, I don't know if you know their history, but they've been around, boy, since like the 30s, 40s, and now they're kind of a, hate to use the word circus act, but they have fun, they... You know, play jokes, play pranks on people. They're good basketball players, but they have fun. And the history of the Globetrotters, they've always had good players. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, one of the top NBA players, started his career for the Globetrotters. The Globetrotters used to play NBA teams in the 40s, and they beat them. Well, now we'll try to figure out, is it a PR stunt or is it a brilliant move uh, the NBA is thinking about expanding, which is crazy. There's way too many teams right now. But one of the teams that's interested, the Globetrotters said, hey, we want to join the NBA. And haven't heard a response yet from the NBA. Not sure if they're regarding it serious or not. But, man, so the Globetrotters would go from, like, a world tour with good basketball players, but they do silly things like pull the referee's pants down and everything else. Brandon, should we put any stock into this? Is there any reality that this could happen? Uh, you know, never say never. Um, um, i just curious, like, for me, the takeaway is, like, uh, you know, will this actually join the NBA hurt the Globetrotters brand? Yeah. Um you know, I think it's kind of cool that they what they do currently. But uh, you know what? If they join join the NBA, I might, they might finally have a team I'm interested in following. <laughs> Not to say I was a Globetrotters Trotters fan right now. I'm just like I just find I would just find I find it interesting to see like a nearly hundred year old brand um, finally you know kind of join the league, and it will be a very serious, real competitive team. Maybe for Harlem folks, they could have some fun hat hat. Um, um, halftime performances or post get pregame or whatnot, you know, or honorary members, um, you know, it, it could, but it could hurt the brand if it's like, you know, if, if um, you know, might do more harm for the, their brand. If it's like, they're, they're just one, uh, one another become just another drop in the sea of, of uh, 30 plus teams in the NBA, which is funny. You say there's too many teams, Chris, there's 32 NFL teams, uh, the yeah, NBA, yeah. NBA short 30, um, major league soccer is going to hit 30. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, but you know, if I, if I had a, if I had, if this might best time to pick a, pick a, uh, uh, a basketball team as ever, if it's the Globetrotters. So it's like, you know, um, somehow they still make those, uh, those jerseys, um, uh, uniforms just still look fresh and relevant. 
to this day. I mean, for so um, yeah, um, I have no issue with them joining. I, I I like sports. I I can't sit and pick teams in every sport anymore. And NBA is one of the, the sports that. I'll still follow. I, I can tell you who's still in the playoffs, but I don't watch games that much anymore. I, I follow LeBron. He's a local kid. He's, you know, obviously had a great career. I, I don't really follow the NBA too much on a regular basis. I'm, I am I saw uh, the, last night the Cavs got the third pick in the lottery. I'm moderately interested in that, but I'm not a huge NBA guy by any means. But, Brandon, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. If the Harlem Globe tries to make the NBA – I'm interested. I may not be a fan of theirs. I may not go buy a ton of their merch or anything. But, you know, I'm watching the first game. We'll probably bring it up here on the podcast where, I mean, you know, I'm sure people out there are like, man, these guys never talk about the NBA. Well, we're talking about the NBA because the Harlem Globetrotters are interesting. If they actually make the league, they'll be interesting. I know there's a ton of money in NBA TV contracts. I don't think the NBA needs – it's not like the NBA is hurting for fans, but I'm with you. I think if nothing else, it, it's a great marketing for the NBA. Uh, why not? And, yeah, they're not going to be, you know, throwing water in the crowd during games or, or doing goofy stuff. But, you know, do it during halftime or something. Maybe your last two players in the team could do the halftime show or, or they could still do appearances or whatever else the case might be. I think it would be Great. Now, the problem is it's Harlem, so I'm assuming the games will have to be in Harlem. Do they have to build a stadium in Harlem, or could they build a stadium in, I don't know. I, I mean, where do you put the team? I guess that would be the big question. Well, I think Harlem is it's in the name. It would be weird if they didn't play anywhere but Harlem, but um, I thought they would already have their infrastructure in all place. I'm not familiar with what their kind of Stadium situations like or whatnot, or you know, but um, well, you know, yeah, there's more wondering... like a touring, traveling, performing kind of venue. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a big question. Then is like you have to house them in a place, and you know, we've talked about the MLS. You know, the MLS says, hey, if you don't have a team, you need a stadium that has these capacities. Like, you know, you can't just say, hey, we're going to play in the high school stadium anymore. I mean, even with the MLS, you know. Columbus is opening a bigger stadium. Even Cincinnati, who struggled mightily on the on the pitch, I guess, um, you know, has to build a new stadium and everything. So, I mean, I'm sure there's space in Harlem. I'm wondering if there's a lot of space to build a stadium. Who funds it? Who? Yeah, you know, there's some questions like that would have to be resolved. I'm not sure if. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to let you know them play on the road the whole time. You know, they just go to different areas. But yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of questions in place, and maybe if nothing else, it's a great PR ploy. I mean, you know, hey, Ryan Lair is saying, hey, please join the NBA, and they know they'll get talked about a little bit more. But you know, I think for them to do this, they're serious. I, I I'll be interested to see how. Uh, everything else falls into place. You know what I mean? Is there a stadium they can play at? Or you're right, it would make sense to play in Harlem. I mean, But there's already two big NBA teams in New York. Would you know the NBA say, hey, could you play your games somewhere else? Like Orlando or you know, some other place. But then you're right, too. How could you call them the, Orlando, the Harlem Globetrotters if they're playing their games in 
Louisville, Kentucky, or Seattle. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? You know, who knows? Yeah. Um, there's like some pros and cons, I think, to that model and stuff. And, um, um, and that's what I mean. Like, again, it goes back to that po- earlier point is like, you know, Globetrotter's brand is kind of limited then if you join the NBA and then kind of follow the yeah. toe and line of traditional NBA teams. And I don't know. I, I'm curious why they think, you know, they say, hey, we like to join the NBA. I'm curious, like, what they think they're going to get out of it or what kind of what they, uh, you know, it's. But, you know, maybe you got to kind of think outside the box a little bit or kind of change it up and um, kind of, I mean, make the brand as relevant in another for another hundred years. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, could you even have, like, a Harlem Globetrotters NBA team, and then you could also have a part of your brand be, hey, here's a touring where these guys are good at basketball, but they do fun stuff, too. You know what I mean? So instead of saying, okay, we're not going to tour anymore, we're just having this NBA team, maybe they're developing an NBA team in addition to their touring thing. So it could almost be like, you know, if your place of work is – um, starring publications in new places. You know what I mean? It's it, you're, So you're not taking away from your current brand. You're saying, hey, we're going to double what we're doing already. Maybe that's their plan. Maybe, maybe. That could be it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of even wondering, you know, there was a big kerfuffle that, you know, thankfully got resolved with, like, the cruise logo. And part of the talk was saying, how do we develop into an international brand? I'm wondering if other sports teams can look at this and say, Hey, you know, our big brand is our team that we're playing either in the MLS, NBA, NFL, or whatever. But, you know, we're going to develop our brand to do different things too. Like, you know, the Cleveland Browns, could they start a team, a football team in like France? You know, France is a professional American football league. It'll be interesting to see how can American teams diversify that throw their brand into other things. Well, you know, you touch on something that's probably a sore spot for soccer fans, but, you know, it's funny because the NFL has tried so hard and still probably continues hard to penetrate the European market, um, you know, and they fail miserably. <laughs> or they're not, they're, it's not, or it's not been as successful as probably what you could hope. International brands, though, I think the most important thing is, is that, you know, and this is something a bit weird for the Globetrotters, maybe if they don't have, like, necessarily a base in Harlem, but just be a local brand first, you know, yeah. um, local brand first, you know, like, like it's funny. Cause like these super league teams that came out earlier in the premier league or in other popular Euro leagues earlier this year, that tried to form a super league, you know, um, they're all their brands and stuff started out as local leagues, local teams uh, started mostly by churches who wanted to keep the boys out of trouble. Yeah. Um, and they grew and they grew enormously and the wealthy folks got involved. Um, you know, you know, and that's the thing about sports overall is, um, you know, it just, it does kind of, it's like Jerry, Jerry, uh, Seinfeld's joke. Like, you know, we're just rooting for like laundry on the field, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know, you know, t- talking about international brand, obviously the uh, crew fans are, are going to raise a stick at, but I, I guess the example I was more referring to was we talked about this on a Steelers podcast where all these spring leagues want to come back up, like USFL. They want to come up and have a spring league. Well, spring football doesn't work. I mean, there's 
you know, there was the WWE League. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, that uh, tried to have a, fo- a football league and it didn't work. But I-, I guess what I'm saying is, like American football could lend their names and use these leagues as a developmental league for the American football. So in essence, like you could have the Pittsburgh Steelers having a team in the spring league to diversify the brand. You, you know, now they're in more places that can use uh, players that need to, you know, more well, work and everything. And, and I, I'm thinking maybe that's the thing for these sports teams to do. Who knows? You know, it's weird because American football is like, it's not popular around the world. It doesn't have really like that um, kind of like soccer does with the world cup. It's kind of like being able to have like a system where all these international teams, you know, could compete and you know, you're now you're like, Ooh, is this fun? It's like countries are now your the country's brand is now embodied in this team. Um, you know, we don't have that really. I mean, there's a German football league, Chris, and they play by the NCAA's rules. Um, no one's ever thought of, Hey, let's have, let's have Ohio state or, you know, champion of the, um, college football playoffs play, you know, uh, play, um, um, you know, the champion of the German bowl league. I don't know if it's like, cause it might be the latter might have more adults playing at that point, but, um, um, but you look know, at, look at this way or the rice bowl champion from Japan. <laughs> or what I would even do is if I'm the Cleveland Browns and let's say I say, man, I think we could get German fans to buy our stuff. Okay. Why wouldn't I? And again, I'm not saying we want to play you. Like we don't want to have Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns play them. But why can't the Browns start a team in Germany? You know, they can have German players on it, wherever else the case be. But they use their name, they use their colors, everything. And even if the Browns players don't play over there. Now you're diversifying your brand. It's kind of like we talked about the Globe Trotters. You know what I mean? They have an NBA team and they still have a touring team that has fun. Um, you know the Browns. If you if you want, you know, to diversify your brand in Germany, join this German pro team. Maybe you said one player that's trying to rehab or young player you want to see if it is any good or not. But man, what better way of selling stuff over there? Like the Columbus Crew. You know, stay in Columbus, stay in the new stadium. But, you know, have a buy a team called the Columbus Crew in, you know, Germany or whatever else the case might be. You know what I'm saying? You can sell more shirts that way. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea. Uh, you know? Well, I don't know if you could necessarily start up a Columbus Crew in Germany. You'd probably get destroyed in, by the German soccer teams there. But, you know, it's funny that, you know, there is one team or company that's sort of doing use, doing that, and that's Manchester City's. Uh, ownership group, city football group, where they buy a team in like one of a, oh, one team in each continent um, with the with the tagline "City" in there. Um, so yeah. you have Manchester City, you have New York City FC, you have uh, Melbourne City in Australia, you have um, different teams that are they they that's just all the ones I could name off the top of my head. But that's all the ones they kind of own. It's ones they own with the city brand, and they've even said we want to be like the Disney World of sports in that sense. But um, I, I personally don't know if I like to see that that kind of centralization or ownership, or um, you know. Um, but I wouldn't mind if there was like more. You know, what I would love to see more is like you know, hey, the crew is in Columbus, 
hey, let's have more relationships with our sister cities. You know, we Columbus has got like seven different sister cities, maybe nine now. And I'm sure all of them have like their own soccer team. Man, let would be cool if we could like get a um, some some relationships established between those amongst amongst those teams, you know, or maybe even have some friendlies here and there. Um, but, you know, um, there's all there's always different ideas and different possibilities out there in the world. Well, I can't remember this. I actually wrote about this a couple of years ago. What's the team in Europe that actually has a soccer camp in Columbus that they work with young kids? But the trade-off is, hey, if they find a good young kid there, they could end up signing that young kid, which would be great for the kid and the family. But they kind of look at it as a way of scouting out new, uh, new players. Do you remember it's like that? A, a, FC Barcelona probably is the one I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and what I'm saying is, and, and I don't know if the crew are still doing this, but the crew used to have a youth program where, you know, you would have, what, what do they call it? It was like crew, it had the crew named it with it, right? Well, they still do have a youth program. And you're now touching on even another landmine of, of youth sports in America, Chris, because soccer is, uh, youth soccer is a cutthroat business where yeah. different, different, there's different, there's, MLS MLS programs. There's uh, separate uh, youth soccer programs. Um, it's very fragmented down in the youth soccer world. I mean, it's just everyone takes a different path to getting a, becoming either a professional in American soccer or a professional in European soccer. Um, so that's it's kind of like um, well, um, it's a very messy affair, out to say the least. Well, it was definitely a landmine because a good friend of mine used to be the coach up at one of the old Tangent teams, and he wanted to stay title, but uh, he would tell me about the troubles they, they would have because, you know, he lost a couple of kids to the crew youth soccer program. And he told me he couldn't blame them because, you know, it was a great opportunity for him. But obviously it sinks for him as a coach when you have guys that are really good for you, you know, aren't, aren't doing it anymore. So, like – I guess the point of what I'm trying to say here, because we need to close in a minute, is I think that might be – let's put ourselves in the marketing department or the ownership group of a pro sports team. You always talk about how do you redevelop your brand? How do you do different things? That might be the next best way of doing it. Maybe not with the youth programs as much, but, you know uh, – Part of the failed, um, you know, rebranding of the crew, it kind of got messy the way it was presented, was we want to be more known internationally. Well, I'm not sure if changing the logo was the way of doing it, but I guess the broader point would be maybe better than just changing your logo or trying to change the name of your team is how do you get involved more in leagues in other countries, not just where you're saying, hey, we're going to loan the player out there or anything else. How do you develop a market? How do you develop a team? And it, and again, it could be local players, but man, I think it'd be a brilliant way of expanding your market. It'll be messy at times. Maybe people don't understand, but that's a way you can expand your market while protecting your base, wherever your current team is. I don't know, just food for thought. Yeah, yeah, food for thought, um, and then definitely some. There's, there's always some, some idea out there that you can, we can do. It's just a matter of, uh, oh, what that owner's goals are for sure. Definitely, I, I got to tell you before we close, Brandon. My, uh, you know, I spent some time in Peru and Ecuador on a mission trip, and I'm still kicking myself. Um, 
there was a World Cup qualifier. I, I don't know if I told you this. Um, when I was in Ecuador, it was um, Argentina was playing Ecuador. We couldn't go to the game because the tickets were sold out. I mean, Messi was literally in the city I was in, ready to play a World Cup qualifier. So we couldn't go to that game. Uh, Brandon, I was five miles away from the stadium. I, I don't like – I'm not a big soccer fan, but, man, that have been fantastic. But I guess what I'm saying is I I'm keep kicking myself as I wanted to go to some South American professional game. And there are other games I just didn't get a chance to go. Shame on me, Brandon. I missed out. So – who knows? You might have avoided uh, any violent out- outbursts from supporters. You might have, might have done. Who knows? You might have gotten killed. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, it would just been an experience. Like you said, and say, "Oh, I'd love to go Ohio State game sometime." Yeah, I've experienced that, and it was great. But man, going to the South American soccer game, I remember we were on the bus, and there was a, a spirited soccer game breaking out at one of the parks we went by, and I was about ready to say, "Man, guys, we need to join the game." I mean, playing in a game like that would have been fun. So, I don't know. Very good. So, well, as always, Brandon, thank you. We appreciate it. Anything else you want to say before we close up shop? No, nothing to add uh, right now. Um, Yeah, let me do a quick plug. Um, Yeah, check out our content. We've got plenty of content coming from, you know, me, Brandon, and Craig. Uh, We also have some interviews. Um, This week, um, Rachel Coyle talked to her briefly. Uh, she's fired up about the um, uh, the critical race theory that we've talked about here in the show. Talked to her a little bit about that. Uh, Jeff Timmons, uh, it got released this week. Um, he's talking about new music of 98 Degrees. And what else do we have? Um, yeah, also talked to Craig McNeil, uh, Reflog18 on Twitter. He's one of the guys that is running for... Uh, Larry Household's old seat, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, For Brandon, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the Highland. Y'all have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.